This is Agents Influence Podcast. So each time that somebody was using our product, they're getting a better financial outcome for themselves. So to me, that was really eye-opening because like I saw firsthand that you can build a company where the core thing that you make money off of as a company is coming as a result of helping a consumer get better financial access for themselves. And the reason why you make money is because the business needs that data to understand the consumer and they actually want to serve the consumer, but they need that data to do so. And they're willing to pay for the data to do so. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with me, Jay Cass. Today I am here with the CEO, the founder, the leader, the person who makes personal lines easier for you, for me, Tolga Tazel. Did I say it right? You got it right, yeah. Thanks, Jason. Here we go. Yeah, the loyal listeners know. Come on, loyal listeners. I butcher names all the time. I'm getting better. I, I, I'm. If you think I'm getting better, agency, Jason at agency-intelligence.com. Tell me about it. So anyways, we're going to talk here with Tolga. Um, I do want to just take a minute just to let other people know. Um, I don't like putting these usually in podcasts because it's baked in and it stays in there, but it's important for you to hear. Um, uh, next March, at the end of March, right now, I'm pretty sure it's the 29th, 30th, and 31st, will be BrainShare 2023. It's going to be in New Orleans. Um, we are going to expand it to 20 more people, so we're going to have a limit of 120. This year, with 105, 106 that we had, we were able to keep control of the conversation. Um, what you need to do is you need to go to AIBrainShare.com, AIBrainShare.com and request an invite. It's on those lists. I have a list of everybody who's come before has an automatic invite. Everybody who's a mastermind champion and a part of our mastermind, they have an automatic invite. Every year, Prior, prior and prior members are my members of that are champions and prior people that came make up 75 of the hundred usually every time. That means there's really only about 25 adding 20, 45 seats. So you need to go to AIBrainShare.com because I need to know if I need to invite you. You click on it, you put in your information, it goes to a list and I will personally reach out to you. Once again, AIBrainShare.com, it's going to be in New Orleans and here's what it is. We are going to share our brains during the day and we are going to experience New Orleans at night. It's going to be an event like no other. This is more than just learning. This is actually going to be a night out and celebrating with people that, like we do every year, AIBrainShare.com. Tolga, thanks for listening to that long stuff, but I had to get it out to the loyal listeners. I love it. No, I, I actually, I, I mean, the way that I, I remember I participated in one of the brain shares, I think it was back in uh, 2020, right? Yeah. No, yeah. twenty twenty. It would have been twenty nineteen. Sorry, twenty nineteen. Yeah, that was. It was a. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was a great time, dude. It, it it it's a lot of fun, and it really is because it's usually a lot of the same 70, 80 people that come every time, and then we usually get around 30, 40 new people. Um, 
And this year we, we got, we were done in three weeks. I had to tell people, no, a lot of people. And it, and it hurt me. Um, it really did because there was a couple of people that I actually kind of forgot to put on the list and I'm like, Oh crap. That's why we ended up having 105 when we had a limit of a hundred. So Toga, man, I, I really appreciate it. Let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling on this. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You an iPhone, or you a droid user? Um, I use iPhone. I used I, back in the day I used Android, but I, I'm an iPhone user now. Okay. Well, I don't know. I want, want, want. What's the last app? You, what's the ad, last app you downloaded, dude? Last app I downloaded. Um, actually, let me check real quick. All right. Um, Signal. Um, Signal. Yeah, it's like a it's like a messaging app. Um, a few of my buddies are uh, a little bit like they they like to not be on social media like Facebook and stuff like that. And so oh. um, some of them use Signal. So I had to download that to to be able to chat with them. Great, another damn place you got to go to. I right? know, right? right? I know. Yeah, another place. Shit, <laughs> shit. These software providers making us go to our own dashboards and stuff. I got so many damn dashboards. I need a dashboard that just has all my dashboards. Right? I know. That's I know. What Those I exist now, I feel. I think I've seen a few. <laughs> I, I, I really need to get one. I just need the da- all the dashboards. It's crazy as can be, but they're very, very helpful. And those dashboards have gotten better. Okay, let me ask you the next one. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, both. Um Let's see. I think like I, I would say I, I, I hate to lose more than if I had to pick one, I'd say I hate to lose more than I love to win. Okay. Any reason why? Um, I think like it kind of comes from the like there can be um, like I, I, I generally like to think that you, you can kind of expand the pie more than uh, I like to think more around expanding the pie thing type of thinking versus like taking you know, my slice for myself kind of thing. And so okay. in that kind of a framework, I think you can have a lot of, you can have multiple winners. Um, and then, you know, you don't want to be the loser in that, in that, in that sort of model, I guess. No, makes total sense. Makes sense. I like it. I like it. Good answer. That's been it's a little, little variation of what a lot of the stuff I hear. So um, last one, two things in the world got you to where you are. We believe here at AI luck or skill, which one's been a bigger factor in your life? Um, uh, I, I think, I think, uh, I, I would say less about the luck, more about the, uh, like putting in the work. So I don't know if you want to call that skill. Um, I'd call mm-hmm. that kind of more like grit than anything. Um, grit, but, uh, I like yeah, I, I do. I, I do also believe though that like people can make their own luck, um, or can put themselves in situations that create luck. I think like me getting, me getting to know you and getting to, you know, even beyond uh, like the brain chair back, like back in the early days when I was uh, just starting this company, I think is an example of like a lucky, lucky thing that happened. Um, but, uh, but, but also, you know, like, you know, it, it things happen as a result of like people do, doing stuff, you know? So, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think like the thing you can, I like to focus on what I can control, which is like my own like output. And so I'll, I'll go with skill on that instead of luck. Once again, kind of your own slice, you know, all right, so let me so let's talk about that. Take us back to you know diapers, college, whenever. When were where were you born? I was born in Ottawa, Canada, uh, small oh, town. Oh, Canadian! No wonder you're so fucking nice, eh? No, I know that's old. That is so played out, Jay. You sound it, it, like an. It's kind of true, though. I feel like, but yeah, I grew up over there. It's a small town. I uh, went to 
University of Waterloo, which is um, an hour from Toronto, Canada. And then um, I, I just fell in love with with startups. Um, you know, I, while I was in college, I got to work for a lot of different companies. And um, uh, I, I worked for six or seven different companies by the time I graduated. And uh, I just fell in love with startups, um, you know, because I, I uh, like getting to build stuff, you know, with, with my own hands and, and, and launch things was um, kind of new to me at the at that time, like being able to do that with software and um, getting to work on small teams with people building software quickly and working with users, it was a lot of fun and I fell in love with it immediately. And so um, the, like the rest of, you know, I, I basically worked in work uh, on startups for a lot of my, my, uh, my college degree. And then um, and what year up, was uh, that? What years were those? Yeah, that was, um, 20, 2008 to 2013, that is what 2013 is when I graduated. And I was actually working for a startup while I was finishing my degree. Um, and then I, we, um, you know, we Dropbox quickly acquired that startup uh, a little bit after I graduated um, college. And so I moved down to California and started working for Dropbox. And I worked for Dropbox for a few years, um, building some products for them. And then I, I left because um, after a few years, um, I wanted to uh, like do the startup thing again. And Dropbox was kind of, we quickly grew into a big company during that time, I guess. It was it was, it was was growing very quickly during that time. So I, I mm-hmm. wanted to go back to, to doing startups. And I also wanted to do something that um, I felt like I could impact people's financial lives in some way with. Um, because I felt like I'd become a lot better an engineer, but I wanted to do something. I wanted to have my work influence people's lives in a positive way. And to me, I thought like if I could tie it, my work back to helping people make better financial decisions in some way, then I can feel really good about my work because I'm, I'm helping people like either save money or make money or something, you know, some, better mm-hmm. themselves financially. And that's something that I can quantify and feel really good about. And then from there, I, I worked at a fintech company called Nova Credit that was helping people share their credit information. Um, they're like for people who don't have sufficient credit history in the United States, mm-hmm. there's alternative uh, data that can be used to underwrite them. And that's what that startup was doing. And, um, mm-hmm. and, at, the, and at that startup, that, that kind of led into what I'm doing now at Canopy Connect, because at that startup, um, like we, what we were doing was helping people who would have normally gone rejected for a credit card or some kind of credit application they were able to pull in their international credit information and share that with a bank. And then all of a sudden a bank that wouldn't be able to underwrite this person could all of a sudden underwrite them and give them access to a credit card where they wouldn't have been able to get that before. Interesting. And so for me, I was like that, you know, that's something that I felt really good about because every time somebody was using our product, we were helping a consumer get better financial terms for that credit product. So each time we were doing something, somebody who's using our product, they're getting a better financial outcome for themselves. So to me, that was really eye-opening because like I saw, you know, firsthand that you can build a company where like you, the core thing that you make money off of as a company is coming as a result of helping a consumer get better financial access for themselves. And the reason why you make money is because the business needs that data to understand the consumer and they actually want to serve the consumer but they need that data to do so and they're willing to pay for the data to do so. So, um, and to me, like, so that was a lot of fun for me. I, 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 um, I worked for them for a little bit and then I decided, uh, I, I, that whole theme of like helping people get value out of their own data really like, 
uh, started to be something that I, I was really, um, you know, I kind of realized that there's got to be other kinds of data that we could unlock for people to help them um, make better financial decisions. And, um, and so I started exploring, you know, like what other things could, we, what other data could we unlock about people to help them um, get some kind of value, like save money or make more money. And then I randomly had a conversation with a friend's mom who was an insurance agency owner while I was kind of thinking about all this. And she was telling me that um, she, she, she had just started an independent agency and, um, and she was having a lot of trouble acquiring new customers um, because she was asking people questions over the phone, like, what's your VIN number? What's your annual mileage? What are your premium mm-hmm. deductibles? Like a lot of, you know, people don't know those quite the answer to those questions off the top of their head and they, they feel like it's really tedious. So people would just tell her like, oh, let me get back to you later. Uh, I'll, I'll find that and get back to you or I don't have time for this right now or whatever. And then and so she was really having a hard time actually closing those customers. And it was kind of a shame because she was telling me that most of the time she could actually save them money because she had access to a lot of different carriers, including like Erie, for instance. Right. And so um, but she wasn't able to like get the information out of them to get a quote. That was her major problem. And she was telling me that in, in that dinner, she told me that she started driving to her clients' houses and uh, showing them how to log into their online insurance account to download their declarations pages and their other details. And then she was one by one driving to their houses and showing them how to do that and then printing out those deck pages and, um, and their other information and then driving back to her house, typing it all into a rater and getting a quote. And um, when she told me that story, you know, Wow, uh, your mind was your blown. Listeners. You're like, are you serious? You're really doing all this shit? You know, I mean, it seemed like a lot of work, right? Like you're driving right. to every one of your clients' houses. Like there's got, you know, and God and um, but it was interesting because it's like one of those things where obviously it's really tedious for her to do that, but because she drives to their houses, she's able to get that information. So it kind of shows how badly she needed that information. Um, True. But what you know, what kind of struck me about that was like, okay. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Jason, like you've probably already used like Venmo or PayPal or like one of those mm-hmm. apps where you Venmo, yeah, account, right. And, you know, mm-hmm. you log in with your bank account, you link it to PayPal or Venmo or whatever. And then all of a sudden you can use your bank account to pay people, move money back and forth and so on. And so um, clearly, like the technology already existed to link your bank account to like an application like Venmo or PayPal so that you could do stuff with your bank account. So when she told me that story, I was like, well, if you can link your bank account to um, a business so that that business can do stuff um, with your bank data, then why can't, you know, you should be able to link your online insurance account um, or somehow share that data with a third party as well, um, should you so choose. And so, um, and that would make her life easier. And and given that, that that technology already existed for bank accounts, um, you know, I, I, I realized like you could build something like this for insurance accounts too. And so that's when we, that's when like the kind of the idea for Canopy Connect struck was, which was essentially like if we could build a way for, um, a consumer to, uh, permission their data to be shared with a third party, um, then we could build the, the infrastructure that makes that happen. So like it's the consumer's information. If they're, if they're expressing their consent that they want to share their insurance information with a particular, you know, Jason Cass's, um, you know, insurance agency, they should be able to do that. And, um, and we can build the technology to do that. So that's, that's kind of how Canopy Connect started. 
And that was, uh, that wow. was like late, that was like uh, 20, sometime in 2019. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. I mean, dude, you, you spoke a lot there, but that was actually very interesting following you straight through that process. I mean, totally, as you've said, that laid the foundation for where you are. Now, here's my question to you. You don't have an official startup anymore. Is the bug getting you, Tolga? Have you have you thought about, hey, I'm, I want to start something else? Or are you now dug in and said, no, this is where I take my stand? Well, I, I, I'm definitely in this for the, for the long run. And I think um, that's actually something that I wanted to make sure that I felt like when I first started building this. You know, I think like when you're starting a startup, you have to be able to convince yourself that um, going into it, that this is something that you can dedicate like a decade or more of your life to. Because otherwise, there's going to be times when no matter like how fun something seems on the outside, like anything, I don't know. I mean, this is why I personally believe there's like nothing that's worth having in life that doesn't come with like work or like, you know, some oh, amount sure. of like stuff that you don't want to do, but you have to do right. Think about like mm -hmm. relationships or like, even like if you have a job you love, there's parts of the job that sometimes you're going to do stuff that is going to feel tedious, right? That's natural. Yeah. And so you need to make sure like when you're going into starting a startup that you can actually dedicate, you know, a decade or more of your life to it. So that's something that I, I mean, several months going back to 2019, right? I didn't, at the time, I didn't know anything about insurance, you know, and I didn't come from an insurance background. I had a, a tech background and a fintech background, but no insurance background at that time. And so I remember like thinking to myself, okay, I, I see an opportunity here where we can build this really like this really powerful technology to unlock data for consumers um, in this entire category, right? Insurance, it's a really large category. That's a really big opportunity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's your opportunity, right? Like um, not everybody is right for every type of business. Mm -hmm. And so I, I definitely like, I, I definitely did some soul searching at that time and um, and came to the conclusion that it is something that I can dedicate my uh, like a significant portion of my life to. And I think the reason why is because of those things that led me to start the business in the first place. It's that whenever we're, we're, our product is being used, it's being used by a, a consumer or a business who's 
sharing their information with a third party and that yields better outcomes for them. You know, they get an insurance policy review or they somebody notices they have coverage gaps that need to be addressed or maybe they get better value for their for the same coverages. But by making it easy for the consumer to share their information with third parties that they want to share that with, it just makes it easier for the consumer to do whatever they were going to do. And that makes it easier for them to achieve better outcomes for themselves. And so that's, that's what makes me real. That's one of the things that makes me really excited. And I think on the flip side too, I re- I've really, really enjoyed working with all of our customers and, 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 and actually more than I thought I was going to going into it. Because like when I first talked to insurance agencies, again, I didn't have an insurance background. I didn't really know what to expect at the beginning. But what I, when you quickly talk to them, you realize they're all, they're all just like, they're like startups of their own right, you know, like right. they're, right. they're trying to like Very build a recurring revenue business and like they have servicing, they have to handle, they have to acquire new customers. They have, you know, it's like, it's actually not too different. Like there's a lot of stuff I can relate Similarities. to. In it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you have a good, you, you really, you really portrayed your why, you know, and you, like you said, you discovered it a long time ago that, that, that you really enjoyed helping people, you know, make better financial decisions, save money, whatever that could be, or just having access to their stuff. And you are right. That is something that has stopped us. And I mean, lo- uh, uh, loyal listeners, I don't do personal lines, you know that, but I'm going to say, it, here's what I do know. I don't know how many times we use Canopy Connect um, daily or weekly, but here's what I do know. It's a question that's asked in the first two to three minutes every time is, hey, do you have an online account with your current insurance company right now? It, it, that was never a question. Um, when it, That's you know another thing, Tolga. It was never a question even when we had Canopy Connect because we had it for six months, almost a year before we used it. It's until we brought in a guy who he's 42 years old, but it's, he's new to insurance and we trained him in personal lines and he didn't know any better, right? Yeah. He didn't know the stops of like, oh, my customer's not going to want that or whatever. I mean, and he now asks that question and he gets it a lot of times and boom, the deck pages are just coming to him. Um, on, on Saturday and Sundays, he loves it because he can say, hey, I'm out of the office right now, but hey, I picked up this phone. Um, I will tell you this, do you have an online account? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to send you over a link. You're going to do this. And he says, and then I'll have it and I'll be able to work on it first thing Monday morning while you're at work or whatever. Right. And dude, I get them on all the time because I get notifications and, and it's like, um, I could see how at the beginning, this probably rubbed the industry wrong. You know, like you were doing this stuff and, 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 and I think it's, here's my point. Three years ago, if you mentioned anything about RPA technology or embed or any of that stuff, that was like taboo. Like that was black hat freaking stuff in the insurance industry. Now, because the insurance industry is so API lacking, you have a lot of API, uh, RPA uh, automation. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Roy out of Canada his thing does like 80,000 or 18,000. It's something with an eight and in the thousands a night has RPA. That's, that's doing downloads, matching downloads, puts it, putting files and it's going into a system and doing it. And uh, I mean, how do you, how do you down somebody when somebody he's, he says he's saving like an hour and a half a day uh, between the people who used to do it. When you start adding that up, you know, that becomes a lot of time. Oh yeah. Any thoughts on any of that Tolga? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I think, um, yeah. 
Like it's, it's funny, like in 2022, um, we're still doing a lot of double entry like that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yep. even, even like a lot of single, single entry shouldn't be necessary any, anymore, to be honest. Like, you know, you, with a subset of fields, you can I like pull in the rest. Right. But you know, you have that, you have like, like a lot of like single entry that could be removed. And then, and then on top of that, you have double entry. I think like, and, and, you know, I, I, there, there, there are people who do more than that even. Right. So there's like, there's a lot that can be improved there. I think, I think um, a lot of this is like why people, I think, tend to associate insurance with tediousness is I think because like a, a good chunk of that is because of the missing connectedness of the information and that feeling mm-hmm. like you have to go and dig something up from somewhere. I think that like cr- creates a drag for everybody. And it's something that um, that exists because like the information lives in all these different systems, but there's not a lot of parties that are actually incentivized to link things. Um, you know, like everybody in, in general, like most platforms want to be the one that have most of the data and they want the data to go to them and they don't want it to go elsewhere. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you see that with CRMs, AMSs, et cetera. Um, I think like... Uh, it's and, a scarcity and, mindset. What's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think mm-hmm. um, I, I think we're there's, we're not the only company I, I would say that 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 cares about connecting the information. But I think I think we're like it's a core part of what we do, right? Like that's literally it's literally in our name, <laughs> Canopy Connect. So um, gotcha. that, that concept of pulling of pulling in information and linking it to where it needs to go, I think, is one of the key things that makes insurance tedious today for the consumer and for for um, producers uh, and, and and even CSRs as well. So like a lot a lot of things like being able to add a when you when you um, uh, you know think think about like when you have to when you get a new car and you have to like add it to your policy that like that should be something that you should be able to do in just a few seconds because mm-hmm. you just purchased the car the information is already there um and mm-hmm. the information could be sent directly to uh uh to like to ups, like to bundle let's say you have an allstate policy you could bundle that car automatically with your allstate policy and then just drive the car off the lot like these kinds of things should be happening today but they're not they're not quite there they will be they will be you know so let's switch off of this you know as we kind of go down the angle here of wrapping this up i want to ask you a couple questions i go through these startups going through startups when it wasn't your money going through startups when it was your money um you had stresses you had failures if there's somebody else out there as you say that's getting ready to start up their agency right i i love how you you pull that together with the revenue because it is really the same thing um what would you say to them? What did you learn? What was tough for you, Tolga, that looking back on you would have done differently? Um, I think one thing I would have done differently. So I'm I'm a, I'm a solo founder. I think one thing I would have done differently if I were to do it again would have been to spend more time like finding co-founders at the beginning um, of the business. Okay. Definitely, uh, and and that applies to agencies too, in the sense of like you might want to find a partner. Um, uh, I, I think it can be it can be lonely sometimes to be like a like a solo founder and and uh, and so like that that would be one thing I would definitely recommend in any. Like, now, when you say time out, when you say lonely, you're talking about having to make decisions on your own all the time, trying to strategize, visionize. When when you say that, what do you mean by lonely? Yeah, I mean there's there's certain decisions, not not like like we have a we have a whole team, and and so we like the majority of the decisions are made with the team, but then like. 
there are certain decisions that also like are, are made by leadership. And I think like having, having partners, um, like starting the business with you is preferable if you can. So I, I would have spent more time if I were to do it yeah. again, I would definitely have like spent more time, like finding the right partners for the, uh, to, to like start the business. Um, yeah. and I, I love building so much that I ended up just kind of like building and then eventually like, uh, you know, like hiring a team and stuff. But I think like that, that would have been beneficial to, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning. Um, well, that's great. That, you know, Toga, that, 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 that really means a lot. And I'm glad you answered that. And you said that it is lonely. I believe in having, um, uh, a partner. I think one can, two can do way more than one can and three can do more. Um, obviously I don't want to dilute it too much. I'm trying to keep some ownership in this sucker, you know, when we go out, but, but yeah, I agree. And that's so refreshing to hear you say that, you know, that's so refreshing. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I'm trying to think what, like what else, um, uh, what else? What, what, the question was like, what what would be my advice? Yeah, what are some what what in when you've been? What are some of your struggles? What are some of the things looking back on you wish you had done differently? Just like you did with their co-founder. That that was a, that was well said. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm putting you on the spot. So if nothing comes up, it's okay. Uh, so no, I think um, I, I think that did you that, get financial backing? Did you get financial backing, or did you throw it on yourself? Do you bootstrap it yourself? Yeah, so bootstrapped for about a year before uh, before we took on external funding. Um, I, I think of external funding as like uh, like actually, you know how how people say like spend investor money like it's your money. I actually like put it almost on like a step above that because it's if it's somebody else's money, I want to almost have like more diligence than I would have if it were my own. So I, I wanted to bootstrap until. Um, until we had certain uh, indicators, I wanted to have an, I wanted to build an initial product and have a have some initial customers using it and 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 liking it, and then also a way to acquire more customers. So I think if you're if if you're considering external funding, I think a general like rule of thumb that I would I definitely subscribe to is like do as much as make as much progress as you can as quickly as you can without funding, so that when you do take funding, you get better terms. Um, nice. So like the longer nice. you can kind of hold out, the better. I mean, I, I, I definitely have met and, the, you know, if you go out, you look, you talk to people, you, you might, there are founders who go out and like bootstrap all the way. I mean, MailChimp is an example of that. I think MailChimp, ne- I, as far as I know, never even took on funding and then they ended up, uh, what did, didn't they like exit last year or something at like, yeah, they went to into it. Yeah. Okay. Into it bottom. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. And, but you know, when you can take on a huge user base really, really quickly, all of a sudden you don't need the funding, but then again, you can get more funding if you take on and have a huge revenue base. So yeah. Hey dude, I, I really do appreciate that. That was, that was good stuff. What do you guys think about that? Loyal listeners, anything out there? Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I thought that he did a really, really, really good job. So they, they get they get crazy about it. But anyways, Tolga, hey, dude, um, let's finish this up, if you don't mind. If there's anything else you want to wrap up and say. But here in the meantime, before we do, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. You are a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading? What am I reading? Um, dang, that's a that's a bad one to ask me because I'm not reading at the moment. Um, okay, tell us a book you've you've read in the last year or two um, that you like. Probably the last book that I read that really stuck with me was um, Never Split the Difference, which is a negotiation book. I think everybody should read negotiation books. It's actually the title is kind of reductive because the book is just a bunch of stories from a hostage negotiator, yep. and they're all real life stories, and they all have like a lesson in them. It's super fantastic. I would definitely recommend reading it. 
So Toga. So yeah, I talk about it all the time. That and Atomic Habits blew up my life in the last couple of years. Uh, Never Split the Difference is unbelievable. Chris Voss is unbelievable. So I invited the Black Swan group to Brainshare this year and they came. Oh wow! Chris Voss is Chris Voss is seventy thousand dollars. So he, I told him to just keep his ass at home. <laughs> uh, but they they brought in uh, for a lot less. They brought in um, uh, interrogators, um, real live hostage ones. I've been uh, on, over on the phone um, with hostage ter- interrogations like over three hundred times and two hundred and fifty sometimes. They were uh, the one on the phone, you know, and. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic. He talks about the nine negotiating tactics, which Chris Voss talks a lot about. And he goes through those and they were there for 90 minutes and they answered questions and they were absolutely phenomenal. And at the end, he told a story, he was done. And I said, hey, by the way, I said, just give us a story. One of your just cool ass stories, you know, and I'm thinking he's going to tell us about the Taliban or some shit. <laughs> and he starts telling us about, in San Antonio, when this little two-year-old girl had a gun to her head by an 80-year-old old man who was in his backyard um, wow. with this girl. And I mean, and the crowds were around and everything. And he tells this story in Tolga. Dude, in this room, I mean, people were so into what he was saying that there was grown men. And I can even tell you the names and they'd be okay. I won't say it until they say that. But there was grown men who were in there crying. I mean, I, I was like goosebumped up. He tells this story and he is so good and calm and collective. And he tells the story of how he saved this little girl. And it was, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. Wow. By the end of it, they didn't even arrest the guy. Wow. It was, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, it was unbelievable. So anyways, um, yeah, that they, so you say split the difference. What a book to pull out, Tolkien. That just shows me a lot about you, dude. That is, that is, that book is um, unbelievable. Have you read Atomic Habits? I haven't. I've heard a lot about it though. And I'm going to give it, I'm going to add it to my Kindle now that you brought it up again. You should dude. You should, when you're out there working out and getting buff, you should, you should listen to that. Um, yeah, that one right there. Um, I did that last July and launched right into 75 hard. And that book was instrumental in getting me to do that and understanding because when you create those habits, you know, people don't understand, like if you try to force yourself to get up in the morning to go work out, very rarely ever going to work out because you're going to give in and not do it. But if you try to, if you get up and you make yourself put on your running clothes or your workout clothes, you'll go work out. Right. It's right. really freaking weird how it is. So you can, you know, you can create these little bitty things to, to help you remember and do things. And then it just becomes a habit and you, it's really, really, it's a really, really great book. And I read another one. Hold on just a minute. I think I think this guy who wrote Atomic Habits, I think he took a lot of stuff off of this one. I read this one right after Christmas this year. And loyal listeners, I never told you this. But after I read this book, I was like, man, that's very similar to uh, Atomic Habits. Hold on, I'm looking at my thing. Right here, The Power of Habit. So The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg or something like that. I think that he talks about the guy that did Atomic Habits. I think he mentions this book a lot. Well, if or James Clear um, did Atomic Habits. If you listen to Atomic Habits and then you read what this power of habit is, I'm like, man, a lot of this is the same. And then I went and looked and 
uh, Power of Habits was written like in 2012 and Atomic Habits, I think was 16, 17 or 18. So anyways, oh, wow. anyway, okay. which one do you think? Very good stuff. Sorry. I went off on that tangent about that, but I, great book. Great book. Oh, you're good. Great book. I, which one do you think you should read first though? Atomic Habits was a lot better read yeah. than The Power of Habit. That's why I like it better. But they talk a lot about the same stuff. Uh, but The Power of Habit has some interesting stuff in it too that this one didn't talk about. So just read them both. But I would start with Atomic Habits because you'll be addicted. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Da -da -da -da. Anything else, man, you want to say as I wrap up? Um, I do, I do want to say this and I, I, I don't know like how much, how, how many of your listeners are, are into commercial lines. And I know you, you brought up, uh, in, in the uh, beginning of the call that we don't do commercial lines. Um, but we, uh, we are actually accepting, um, a beta, oh. uh, beta invites for our, uh, commercial lines product as well. So, um, if you want to get wow. in on that, uh, just shoot an email to hello at usecanopy.com. Obviously, Jason, you're going to be, you're going to be in on that as well. Um, so we'll, we'll so hold up just a minute. Let's just, you know, <laughs> Tolga, that's how he is. Lil Lester just throws out a freaking nugget like this at the minute. So you're okay. So let's say I have carrier a and, um, and that I'm trying to go get deck pages from my client, right? And carrier A, they have personal lines with them, but they also have commercial lines. You're going to be able to help your client distinguish and say, hey, give me permission for all of it or commercial lines. Can you give me a little insight on that? Yeah. So when you, when, uh, we, the way that we're structuring it is like you can choose whether to pull in, let's say you have progressive, right? Like progressive uh, commercial or, or personal. And then, um, and then you, you know, authorize your, you know, you click consent and then log in and then we'll be able to pull the commercial lines if you selected commercial or, or personal lines if you selected personal. And can you do both if you wanted to? Uh, yes. Yeah. Tolga, that's sick, bro. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go tell this to my producers after lunch. They're going to go, they're going to go ape crap. Because that's one thing that the client, we write a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar and plus accounts. You would think the client has those. No, they don't. They don't know because there's so many different people that deal with the insurance. They don't know if Linda has it or Sue Ellen. And so it's just like, you know, you get everything. Sometimes it's easier to get the damn claims history than it is to get the deck pages, you yeah. know? So that's what I'm talking about. Hold on just a second. That's not a clap, folks. That is not a clap. I mean, that is unbelievable. They're going crazy for you, Tolga. I'll tell you what, are you married? You better stay off the stage. There's yeah. going yeah, to be chicks all over you, dude. All right. Hey, man. Hey, I appreciate you very much. Um, and uh, keep going, man. I'm excited to take the news back to my agency about what you just told me. So where do we need to go? Hello at canopyconnect.com. Um, so that that's that's for um, if, if you're if you want to hear more about the commercial beta, uh, just email yeah. hello at usecanopy.com. Otherwise, our website is just usecanopy.com. Usecanopy.com. Yeah, I want to go for that commercial lines. We're going to get involved in that. That's awesome stuff. All right, man. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And loyal listeners, you know I do what I do for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He's Tazel, and we are out. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. 
With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th, at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass Approved.